or us. Now, I, um, I talked to Brother Hilton and uh, told him that in as much as he was going to have to fill in for me this morning, that I would do my best to take Sunday night service. It is with the vocal issues that I've had for a number of years now. It's difficult for me to preach two services back to back and um, be able to have enough voice to do it. And um, so I let him know that I was going to try to preach tonight. Uh, but even up until last night, I just really couldn't seem to find a direction. Wasn't sure exactly where I was going. But sometime late last night, there was a phrase from the scripture that just started rolling over in my mind and I couldn't, I couldn't really figure out exactly what God was saying in it all and thought, well, maybe that's just me and then got up again this morning and tried to, to get my thoughts together. It just, the Lord sometimes works in strange ways. He just, he does. And I wish that um, I could just, you know, pull up a McDonald's menu and say, all right, God, I need a message. Um, please give it to me now. I'll pull around to the drive-thru and pick it up. It just doesn't quite work that way, at least for me. And there's sometimes that it seems like the Lord chooses inopportune moments to start really dealing with me. And we got in the car this morning and started to leave. We had driven partway from my in-law's house last night and uh, stopped over in Arkansas, spent the night, got up this morning still, as I said, wrestling, got in the car and started to drive, and that same phrase just started going over and over in my heart again. Now, I'm driving, and so I can't look things up. I can't read scriptures, especially with my wife sitting there clearing her throat every time she sees me looking down at my phone. <clears throat> and... Um, so I, I tried to just pull up on my phone whatever translations I had in audio form so I could listen to them uh, to see if there was something there that um, the Lord was trying to say. And, and then as it all finally started coming, I'm thinking, you know, I'm driving and I don't know how I'm going to write all this down. I just said, Lord, you're going to have to help this old man not forget. And so I came back to the church as quickly as I could when we got into town and started trying to put it together. And um, <clears throat> I hope you're not in a hurry tonight because I'm preaching, not Brother Hilton. So if you're in a hurry, you might be a bit disappointed. Um, but I feel this tonight. I really feel like God is wanting to talk to somebody. I really feel like God is wanting to talk to somebody here tonight. Amen. Praise God. Now, before I get into it, before I get into it, I don't want to be, I don't want, I don't want to be, um, don't want to appear rude. So I've already recognized Brother John in being here. We are also glad to have Andriana and her sister with us as well. And... Glad to have my daughter, son-in-law, and my wonderful, brilliant, multi-talented, phenomenal grandson. Hallelujah. 
Oh, glad to have each of them here with us tonight. All right, I want you to turn to 1 Kings chapter 19, and um, we're going to see the Lord will help us here tonight. By the way, I do have 2019 Bible reading charts. Sorry, I, I meant to have them printed out for you. I've had it done, I don't know how many weeks. In fact, it's been on the website. If you've gone to the website, it's there. You can download it. But um, anyhow, we have those ready if you would like it in PDF, PDF format. You can email or text me, and I'll send it to you that way. Uh, that's the way I keep mine, and that way I can just, I've got it on my phone at all times, and I can keep track of it. So if you'd like that, let me know, but otherwise they'll be out in the foyer on the table, and you can pick up your copy of the 2019 Bible reading chart. Praise God. Everyone say praise the Lord. Now, are you going to help me tonight? That's, that's the real question. I, I've often said preaching is not a one-man show, never was supposed to be, but uh, I'm looking to you to help me tonight. And by the time I get through, if you didn't, you're going to wish you would have. It's dangerous when I feel this good. It's dangerous when I feel this good. All right, 1 Kings chapter 19. 1 Kings chapter 19, and it's a bit of a lengthy reading, which is a foretaste of things to come. 1 Kings chapter 19 and verse number 9, and he came thither unto a cave and lodged there. And behold, the word of the Lord came to him, and he said unto him, what doest thou here, Elijah? And he said, I have been very jealous for the Lord God of hosts. For the children of Israel have forsaken thy covenant, thrown down thine altars, slain thy prophets with the sword, and I, even I only, am left, and they seek my life to take it away. And he said, Go forth and stand upon the mount before the Lord, and behold, the Lord passed by, and a great and strong wind rent the mountains and break in pieces the rocks before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. And after the wind, an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, a still, small voice. And it was so when Elijah heard it that he wrapped his face in his mantle, went out and stood in the entering in of the cave. And behold, there came a voice unto him and said, What doest thou here, Elijah? Now, we've heard this question once. It's getting asked again. What doest thou here, Elijah? And he said, I have been very jealous for the Lord God of hosts because the children of Israel forsaken thy covenant, thrown down thine altars, slain thy prophets with the sword, and I, even I only, am left, and they seek my life to take it away. So twice... In this encounter, God asked Elijah, what are you doing here? What are you doing here? And that's what I want to preach about tonight. What are you doing here? What are you doing here? Praise God. 
Would you put your Bibles down, lift your hands, lift your voices. Let's ask the Lord to talk to us. Would you pray specifically asking God to speak to you tonight? Would you do that? Everybody under the sound of my voice, let's talk to the Lord together right now, Jesus. Jesus name in Jesus name let's worship him one more time before we're seated everybody 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 let's worship the Lord let's worship the Lord God I praise you God I thank you I worship you master praise the name of the Lord Praise the name of the Lord. God bless you. You may be seated. Now, I, um, <clears throat> I have to tell you tonight, it's going to take me a little while to get to the point of what I feel like God is wanting to say. And so I need you to ride with me tonight. Don't get off one or two stops before I do. Hallelujah. Amen. You know, it's an interesting thing to study the life of the prophet Elijah. When we think of powerful prophets, we, I, I, um, I imagine that most of us think of Elijah right there at the very top. He was a man uh, to whom Jesus made uh, frequent reference. He was the one that appeared with Moses at the Mount of Transfiguration. But the interesting thing about Elijah is, is how he just suddenly appears on the scene and things start happening. It's, it's an amazing thing when you think about it. And, and so I want you to follow with me for just a little while. I want to show you something about this man, Elijah. This man, Elijah, a man that James said was a man subject to like passions as we are. Not a man with a halo over his head. Not an angelic being, but very, very much human. In fact, sometimes I think a little too much human. Well, that's just me, but... but um, he was definitely a man subject to like passions as we are. Amen. We, we find his life being a life of extreme emotions. Uh, in the beginning, when he is first introduced to us, we find in 1 Kings chapter 17. Now, now understand, follow with me. This is the first time that we read about this man is in chapter 17 of 1st Kings. Let's read verse 1. Let's read it with the microphone turned on. 
Yeah, that's it. And Elijah the go. Tishbite. Elijah the Tishbite. Who was of the inhabitants of Gilead. Uh-huh. Said unto Ahab, as the Lord God of Israel liveth, before whom I stand, there shall not be, a, be dew nor rain these years, but according to my word. Now, now, now get this, church. This is, this is the first time we read anything about Elijah. The first time we read about him, the Bible says he walked up to the king and said, God's going to shut the heavens. That's our introduction to him. And God did exactly what Elijah said. Read verses 2 through 4. The word of the Lord came unto him, him saying, Get thee hence, and turn thee eastward, and hide thyself by the brook now, 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 get this. Here comes this man of God, walks up to the king, proclaims that there is going to be a drought. God honors it, and the very next verse, God said, Now go hide yourself. Go and hide. And I'll tell you where I want you to hide. I want you to go hide out by the brook. And so he goes. That is before Jordan. Uh-huh. And it shall be. And it's going to be. That thou shalt drink of the That's brook. where you're going to get your water for a while, Elijah. And I have commanded And I have commanded the ravens. To feed thee there. I'm going to take care of you, Elijah. You don't have to worry about it. In fact, the name Elijah means Jehovah is my God. And, and that is indeed the testimony of this man. Hallelujah. And so God said to him, you just go hide yourself. But I'm going to take care of you, Elijah. Don't worry about anything. There's going to be a dream out but I'm going to give you water others may thirst but you're not going to have to I'm going to take care of you others might get hungry but don't worry about a thing I've already commanded the ravens to bring you what you need and so it happened exactly as God said for a while but something transpired one day, Elijah is looking at the brook, and it's not babbling anymore. And it's not flowing anymore. And there's just a trickle down there in that creek bed. And Elijah's doing his best to keep his lips from getting parched and his throat from becoming too dry. But there's nothing in the brook anymore. And so when it dried up, what am I going to do now? Well, I want to tell you, God spoke and said, don't worry, Elijah. I took care of you before, and I'm going to take care of you again. Now, this is important, church. I took care of you before, and I'm going to take care of you again, Elijah. And so here's what he says, verses 8 and 9. And the word of the Lord came unto him, saying, Arise, Get thee to Zarephath, which belongeth to Zidon, and dwell there. Behold, I have commanded a widow woman there to sustain And so we, we know the story. Look, God spoke to Elijah and said, Elijah, don't worry about the brook. Don't worry about anything. I've already commanded a widow woman to take care of you. Everything's going to be all right. You're my servant, Elijah. I'm not going to let you, I'm not going to let you die of thirst or die of starvation. You've got a job to do. I've got something that I want to accomplish in your life, and I'm going to make sure you are taken care of. Yes, yes, sir. Well, hallelujah. And so God kept his promise. And you know the story about the widow woman 
You know how she gave the very last that she had to the man of God. But because of what she did, her cruise of oil did not fail. And her barrel of meal never wasted. And Elijah and the widow and her son, the Bible says, did eat many days. While everybody else is starving. And everybody else is dying of thirst. The man of God's being taken care of because God's got his hand on him and God's not finished with him. Well, hallelujah. I'm going to tell you. Now, Now watch this. We see him, first of all, prophesying to the king and God honors his word. Then God says, go and hide. Now, I'm talking, we're going from mountaintop down to the valley now go and hide you better hide yourself Elijah because the king's not happy with what's going on and he's going to be a lot less happy and a lot more angry as this drought continues so you go hide yourself so Elijah gets down to the brook and sure enough here come the birds and they bring him his food every day and the water's flowing but one day that dries up and so now he's back down again but God says no 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 I'm going to take care of you. So he sends him to the house of the widow. And God multiplies what she's got. And he takes care of the man of God. But one day, problems arise again. And the widow's son has a situation. Read for me verses 17 and 18. Now look, all of this, we're in verse 17. He just appeared in verse 1. Right. All right, all of this is happening up and down, back and forth. Read for me, verses 17 and 18. And it came to pass after these things that the son of the woman, the mistress of the house, fell sick. Uh Uh-huh. And his sickness was so sore that there was no breath left in him. Right. And she said unto Elijah. And she looked at Elijah and said. What have I to do with thee? What have I to do with thee? O thou man of God. God, Art thou come unto me to come? Are you come to me to call my sin to remembrance and to slay my son. son. Now look, this woman's been taking care of the prophet and now all of a sudden she's mad at him. What's he going to do now? Do you see how it's just going up and down in in Elijah's life? And in fact, I'm going to tell you, it appears to me, this is why I said a while ago, I, I saw the look on your face when I said, I think sometimes he's a little too human. Um, this is why I say it because it appears to me that Elijah is already starting to develop just a little bit of an attitude. Let me show you. Let me show you. Let's go verse 20. What, what, what does he say here? Verse 20. And cried unto the Lord and said. And here's what he said. O Lord, O Lord, my God, hast thou also, hast thou brought, also evil brought evil on the widow with whom, with whom I, sojourn I sojourn by slaying her son. Now another translation says it this way. Lord God, why did you do such a terrible thing to this woman? She's letting me stay here and now you've let her son die. Sound like he's got a little bit of an attitude. I mean, this was my hope. The brook was my hope. The ravens were my hope. You took that away. Now you send me to this woman. She's taking care of me. And now all of a sudden she's mad at me because you took her son's life. And so he takes the son, 
You know the story. He prays for the son. God again steps in. God intervenes. I'm telling you, every time Elijah cries out to God, he's right there to protect him and take care of him. Hello? Well, praise God. Don't bail out on me yet. I got a long way to go before I get to where I want to be. So just ride with me for a little while. So, in spite of all this, God comes through for Elijah again, raises the son from the dead. And the woman said, now I know you really are a man of God. Everything's going to be okay. Now, that's, that takes us to the end of chapter 17. Chapter 18. He is commanded to go appear before Ahab again. 17 and 1, he appears before Ahab. 18 and 1, he's commanded, go show yourself to Ahab again. And so he goes to try to find him and uh, goes through the process and, 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 and all of that. And finally he gets Ahab there and, and he has a little conversation with King Ahab. And here's what he says, chapter 18, verse 19. Now therefore send and gather to me all Israel unto Mount Carmel. And the prophets of Baal, 450, and the prophets of the groves, 400, which eat at Jezebel's table. And so, so this was the command. I, I want you to bring all of the people of God to Mount Carmel. And by the way, go get those false prophets. It's time for a showdown. And Ahab complied. And he got the people together. And he got the prophets of Baal together. And Elijah issued a challenge. Let's read verses 21 through 24. And Elijah came unto all the people and said, How long halt ye between two opinions? Uh-huh. If the Lord be God, follow him. Yeah. But if Baal, then follow him. Yeah, make up your mind, you wishy-washy bunch. Now, now look, this is, this is the prophet of God. How long are you, are you teeter-tottering between two opinions? Make up your mind. If Baal's God, then follow him. But if not, you need to follow Jehovah God. And the people answered him not a word. They didn't know what to say. Then said Elijah unto the people, I, even I only, I, even I only of the Lord. remain a prophet of the Lord. But Baal's prophets are 450. I'm outnumbered 450 to one. Let them therefore give us two bullocks. And let them choose one bullock for themselves. Let them pick which one they want. And cut it in pieces and cut lay it in on pieces. Wood. Put it on wood. Put no fire under. No fire under it. And I will dress. I'll the other take whatever they don't want. And lay it on wood. And, put and I'm going to put it on wood. It. And I'm not going to put any fire under it. And call ye on the name of your gods. And I want you to call on the name of your gods. And I will call on the name of and the Lord. And I'm going to call on the name of Jehovah. And the God that and the God who answers by fire. Let him be Let God. him be God. And all the people answered and said, it And is the well people spoken. said, that's a good idea. We like this. Let's see what happens. And, and again, I'm, I'm trying not to drag this story out. You, you know all of this, but I want to I point out some important things. The, you, you know how the false prophets tried all day long with their little charismatic dances and, and, and all of their nonsense chanting and cutting themselves and doing everything they could do. And, 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 and Elijah stood back and mocked them. And their God never answered. 
and nothing happened. But long about the time of the evening sacrifice, Elijah said, I want you to go get some water. And I want you to pour it on. He repaired the altar and he put the bull on and he said, now let's pour some water over it. And they did. Now they're at the top of the mountain. And they've been in a drought for three and a half years. Where are they getting water? Wherever it was, it wasn't anywhere close. It's taken them a while to do it. But he said, I want you to do it. So they poured water on it. He dug a trench around it. They poured so much water, the trench filled with water. Elijah prayed a simple little prayer. And the fire of God fell and consumed the sacrifice and the altar and lapped up all the water around. God came through for Elijah again. And Elijah wasn't finished. Elijah looked at the people of God. They Now listen, they fell on their faces. And said the Lord, he is the God. We've made up our minds, Elijah. You were right all along. We don't want to follow Baal anymore. Baal can't answer our prayers. But Jehovah can and Jehovah does. We're ready to follow Jehovah now. This was a revival that happened at the top of this mountain. And Elijah's not finished yet. Verse 40, what does he say? Elijah said unto them, He said to the people, Take, the prophets take those of Baal, prophets of Baal, let not one, let of, them not one of them escape. And they took them. And, they took them. and Elijah brought, and Elijah them, down brought them, them down to the brook Kishon and, slew them, and slew them there. He said, we're getting rid of these. As, as I've been listening to some of Elder Westberg's preaching, as he would say, some of these dudes. He got rid of those dudes. Those cats. I'm telling you what, he got, those, he got those false prophets and he got the people of God. He said, you've made up your mind. We're going to follow Jehovah God. Let's get rid of these false prophets. Let's do away with them once and for all. They have, they have abused you. They have misled you. They have lied to you. Now let's get rid of them. And they did it. And Elijah turned around to the king and Elijah made a proclamation in verse 41 and Elijah said unto Ahab, he said to Ahab get thee up, get thee up eat, and drink. eat and drink there is a sound, a of, sound abundance of, rain. of abundance of rain now look I, I, I'm not going to take the time you can go home and read it for yourself but this was not after Elijah prayed it was before he prayed this was not after he saw the cloud like a man's hand. This was before he saw anything. Elijah just made a proclamation by faith and said, this is the way it's going to be. You better get up and take care of business, king, because everything's about to turn around. I know it's been three and a half years of a long, dry spell, but there's not just a rain coming. It's an abundance of rain that's about to come down upon us. Now, old backslid Ahab believed what the prophet said. He believed it. Read verse 45. 
And it came to pass in the meanwhile that the heaven was black with clouds. The heaven and wind. was black with clouds and wind. And there was a great and rain. And there was a great rain. And Ahab rode and went to Jezreel. Ahab, Ahab knew the clouds are coming in. The man of God has spoken it. I may not like Elijah. I may not care for him. I may not appreciate what he stands for. But this much I know, God hears him when he speaks. God listens when he prays. That much I know. And I don't want to be caught in a flood. I'm going to make my way back to the palace where I can stay comfortable and dry. Oh, hallelujah. And under the influence of the spirit, Elijah made a victory lap. Well, that's the Riggin revised version, but basically that's what he did. Read verse 46. And the hand of the Lord the was hand on of the Lord was on Elijah. He girded up he his girded up his loins before Ahab, and he ran. Now Ahab was in his chariot, and Elijah was on foot. But the Spirit of God came on Elijah, and I'm telling you, when he took off, uh, he outran the horses, he outran the chariots, he outran everybody. Right. You talk about victory. Do you understand what's just happened? Do you understand what's just happened? Israel's been backslid. They've been serving false gods, but now they've proclaimed Jehovah is God. Israel's been in a drought, but now the rain's coming. Israel's been under the influence of the false prophets, but now they're all dead. You want to talk about a revival? They're in the midst of a red hot revival right now. Oh, hallelujah. And you'd think, he looks back and he said, now look at this. Look at this. God answered by fire. The people responded. The people obeyed. The rain has come. And man, didn't I just have one more shouting time? You'd think that he would be on cloud nine. But he's not. Because word comes to him in the very next chapter. Chapter 19. Which is where we take our text tonight. So I'm getting there. I'm getting there. I'm getting there. Chapter 19. Where it gets back to him. When Ahab got home, he went told Jezebel what had happened. Jezebel said, I'm going to kill that man if it's the last thing I do. I'm through with him. He's going to be just like one of my prophets. We're going to destroy him. And word got back to Elijah. Now, church, when the drought came, God provided a brook and ravens to protect Elijah. When the brook dried up and the ravens quit coming, God provided a widow woman to take care of Elijah. When the widow woman's son died and she was ready to throw him out, God raised the son from the dead and took care of Elijah. When Elijah confronted the prophets of Baal, the fire of God fell and God confirmed the ministry of Elijah. And now all of a sudden, 
some reprobate woman said, I'm going to kill him. And Elijah can't seem to focus on what God has already done in his life. Am I telling you the truth? He can't seem to get his eyes on how every time he's needed God, God has always been there. He's way too focused on the problem of the moment. I've got a situation. This is life-threatening. You know what? So was the drought. But it didn't bother God. It was a life and death issue with the widow's son. But it didn't faze God. Why should God be bothered by Jezebel's threats now? But Elijah can't wrap his mind around the fact that God will take care of him. And so he gets depressed over his current situation and forgets every time God has come. I'm preaching to somebody here tonight. He forgets every time God has ever come through in the past. He forgets about every miracle God has ever performed. He forgets about how much God loves him. He forgets about how God has taken care of it. And his eyes are on today's problem. And that's it. Oh, I feel like preaching right now. All he can think about is how bad it is right now. How bad it is right now. How bad it is right now. God just let me die. He forgot about the victories. He forgot about the miracles. He forgot about the provisions. But he couldn't look at things from that perspective. Chapter 19, verse 4, read for me. But he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness. He said, I'm, I'm going to go and isolate myself. I don't want to see anybody. I don't want to be around anybody. I don't want to talk to anybody. Oh, God help me. I'm trying to, I'm trying to save the preaching till I get to where I want to be. I'm going to tell you that's exactly the way the devil plays with people's minds to get them to backslide. Isolate yourself. I don't want to talk to anybody right now. I don't want to see anybody right now. I don't want to be around anybody right now. Well, who do you think is going to encourage you? I'm, I'm trying to hold back. I'm trying to hold back. I'm going somewhere. I'm going somewhere. Hallelujah. And I feel the Holy Ghost in all of this. I'm going somewhere tonight. He, he went a day's journey in the wilderness. Did you, did you read all that? All right, read. read. And came and sat down came, under a juniper he tree. He sat down under a juniper tree. And he requested, and he requested for, himself for himself that he might die. And said, it is enough now, O Lord. No, 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 no. When Elijah said, Lord, stop the heavens, God answered. When Elijah said, God, heal this widow's son, God answered. 
When Elijah said, God, send the fire, God answered. When he said, God, send the rain, God answered. But now he's praying again. God, just kill me. I, I, I don't know. I, I tend to think that maybe he really believed God was going to answer that prayer too. He was just so fed up with his situation. He was so despondent over how bad things were. And he figured he'd rather just die. So he just expected God to do it. So he just got under that juniper tree and he prayed a prayer. Lord, I'm no better than my father's. Just go ahead and let me die now. I'm done. I quit. Just go ahead and kill me. Get it over with. No sense in even trying anymore. I'm done. I resign. I'm through. So he just waits. I, I really believe, Brother Hilton, I believe he's just sitting under the tree waiting. Waiting for lightning to strike or waiting for something to happen. And he sits there for a while. And he falls asleep. I know that because the Bible says that he did. Let's, let's keep reading. Verse 5. And as he lay and slept under as the juniper tree. As he lay and tree, slept under that juniper tree. Behold, then an angel touched God. Him. Now God was listening to Elijah. God didn't answer that prayer. And I'm going to tell you, I'm just going to throw this out. You better be thankful that there are some prayers God doesn't answer. Sometimes you think you know what you want. You, well, you know what you want. You think you know what you need. But it's the worst thing you could possibly get. God was listening. God knew how Elijah felt. God sent an angel. And the angel touched him. And said unto him. And the angel said. Rise and. Get up. Eat. And eat. And he looked and behold. So. There was a cake baked. Looked, on the coal. There, there's, there's a cake there. And a cruise of a cruise water, of water his in his head. And he did eat so and drink. So he ate and drink, drank. And, and, and laid him down again. And, and, and wait a minute. Okay. All right, God. I guess I'm on death row. This is my last meal. I'll enjoy it. I'm just going to lay down here and wait for you to kill me. Go ahead, God. Just let my heart stop. Just get it over with. I'm done. So he laid back down to go to sleep again. What happened? The angel of the Lord came again. The angel of the Lord time. came right back a second time. And touched him. And, and said, he touched him and he said, Rise and eat. Get up and eat. Because the journey because, is too great. Now get this. The journey is too great for thee. Now, wait a minute. What journey? What journey? The angel hadn't told him anything about a journey. God hadn't said anything about you need to go somewhere. Right? right. Is anybody with me? Yes, sir. God has not said anything to Elijah about where to go. But the angel said, you got a journey ahead of you. But you're going to need some strength for this, Elijah. You better eat some more, boy. Now, now, 
One, one commentator said the literal translation of what the angel said would be, the journey will be beyond your power. It's, it's going to be more than what you're able to handle. Another translation put it this way, said, get up and eat. If you don't, you'll not be strong enough to make the long trip. Now again, they didn't tell him where he's going. They said, you got a long journey ahead of you. You better eat something. And you know what? He did. He ate. And he left. Now, we know where he ended up, but stay with me for a minute here. Read for me verse 8. 1 Kings 19, verse 8. And he arose and did eat and drink and went in the strength of that meat. He went in the strength of that meat. Forty days. Forty days. And forty nights. And, 40 nights. To Horeb, the Mount and he of God. went to Horeb, the Mount of God. Now, that's where he ended up. But I don't see where the angel told him to go there. I don't see where God told him to go there. But that's where he ended up. Now, here's the next problem. The Bible said he went in the strength of that meat 40 days and 40 nights. The best I could tell, Brother Chad, it was a six to seven day journey from where he was to Mount Horeb. Six to seven days. Maybe, maybe a week maximum to get from where he was to where he ended up. What did he do for the other three weeks? Four weeks. 40 days. 33 days a whole month. What's he doing? Bible doesn't tell us, Brother Jerry. Bible doesn't say where Elijah was for that 33 days. You know, this is purely conjecture and it's strictly my opinion. But I'm going to tell you, Elijah was still depressed and he was still discouraged. And he knew the angel said, you got a journey ahead of you. But he didn't know where to go. He didn't know where to turn. Brother Hilton, I got a feeling he just got out there and got to wandering. I don't know where I'm going. I don't know what God wants. I want God to kill me, but he won't. I don't know what's going on. I might as well give up. I'm washed up as a prophet. I don't stand a chance of getting anything done anymore. I was outnumbered 450 to one. I killed the 450, but I'm still left just one. What's the use? I'm the only one trying. I'm the only one doing anything. What's the purpose? And he just wanders and he wanders. Somewhere in all of that wandering, he started thinking, you know, if God spared me, God must have a reason. But I don't know what that reason is. But I need to find out. Somehow, I got to hear from God again. Somehow, I got to get a word from God. And it's not working out here in the wilderness by myself. I'm not getting what I need sitting out here by myself. I get up every day and I just wander around aimlessly without purpose, without direction. I'm not getting anywhere. I got to hear from God. 
God's not talking to me. Since the angel spoke, I haven't heard anything. I need to hear his voice again. I need to know. I need to get some direction. I need some answers in my life. But where can I go to hear from God? Where can I go to hear from God? And then, now this is just, I'm, I'm, I'm adding my own thoughts, all right? But I, I just believe this is the way it happened. He started thinking, I got to find a place where I know God will speak. Now, when we were in Israel back in 2013, our, our, our Israeli tour guide told me something I, I was not aware of. But he said, it is a, a long-held belief among the Jews we, we stood at the banks of the River Jordan when he was telling us this story, Brother Hilton. And, and we're standing there looking at the Jordan River. And, and uh, I've told you this before, but, but he, he had a way of classifying the, the validity of the sites we were looking at. He said, he said I've got a scoring system of, of, of A, B, and C. And he said, you know, you come to Israel, people are going to tell you what you what they think you want to hear. And they'll tell you this is the rock Jesus fell on when he was carrying the cross. Uh, in spite of the fact the Bible doesn't say Jesus fell. It doesn't say that. You can read it for yourself. It's not in the scripture. But they'll tell you this is the very rock he fell on. They'll tell you anything. He said, but for me, I want to be honest with you. And so he said, I have a classification system. And he said, if we look at a site, and I tell you this is a C site, what that means is, Tradition says this is where it happened. But there's just not a whole lot of historical evidence. There's not much to prove this is really where it could have been. Maybe. We don't know. But there's just not much evidence for it. Tradition says it is, so we'll give it a C. He said, now, if we've got a little bit of historical evidence, but it's, it's, it's much more recent than it needs to be. It's several hundred years after the fact, and that's as close as we can pin it down. At least we've got something we can look at, and I'll give that a B. But he said, if we've got some strong proof that this really is a historical site, and we know that it is, then I'll give it an A. So we, we pull up to the River Jordan, and we're standing there on the banks of the Jordan River, and he said, now this is the place where Joshua led the children of Israel across the Jordan into the promised land. Now that sounded strange coming from him. He didn't say this might be the place or tradition says it's the place or we think it's the place. He said, this is the place. So I looked at him and I said, A, B, or C. He said, A plus. There's no question in our minds that this is the spot. He said, how can you be so sure? He said, get your Bible down. He said, look at the cities they were looking at. He said, look up there on that hill right there. That's Jericho right there. He said, when you follow the trail of where they came from and you know where they went to, there's no other choice than that, than that they crossed right here. And then he started telling us, he said, now, if we want to talk conjecture and what might be, 
He said, the Jews have long believed that if God ever visits a place miraculously once, then that place becomes sacred and you can count on God to show up there again. He said, and so because of that, we can't prove it, but we believe this is the spot where Elijah and Elisha crossed. They would have come to this place because they knew God had already visited this spot before. And if he visited this spot before, he'll come back to this spot. He's parted the waters here before. He can part them here again. He said because of that, many Christians believe this was the spot where John was baptizing when he said, behold the Lamb of God, and Jesus stepped into the water. Because those Jews would have believed God visited this spot before. He's going to visit it again. Now I told you that story to tell you why I believe Elijah wandered around for a while but eventually ended up at Horeb. God didn't say go to Horeb. But I'm telling you, I think in Elijah's mind, he said, I got to somehow get a hold of God. I got to hear from God. So you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to go back to a place where I know God has visited. I'm going to go back to a place where I know God has spoken. Because do you know what Horeb is? Do you know that's another name for Mount Sinai where Moses went up and God met Moses there. God gave Moses the Ten Commandments on that same mountain. But that's not all God did. There was something else that happened there. Something else that took place there. Let me show you something. 1 Kings 19 verse 9. Look at this. When he gets to Horeb, look at what he does. And he came thither unto a cave and lodged there. Now wait a minute. He came to a cave. Now that's what our King James Bible says. The original Hebrew, and it's borne out in a number of the literal translations, the original Hebrew doesn't say a cave, but it says he came to the cave. He didn't just pick a cave in the mountain, but Elijah was going to a specific spot. Now this was the mount of God. This was the mount of God. This was the place where God visited Moses. And it was not only the place where God gave Moses the Ten Commandments, but something else had happened on that mountain. Something else took place right there on that mountain. Exodus 33 verse 22. And it shall come to pass. God said to Moses while he's standing on Mount Horeb, it's going to come to pass. While my glory passes by, by, I'm going to put thee in a cliff. That word cliff is the Hebrew word for a hole or or, or a a, a cavern or a cave. God said, I'm going to put you in a cave in this mountain, Moses. I'm going to cover you with my hand. But I'm going to show you my glory. You're going to see the hinder parts of my glory while you stand in this cave. And Elijah is at his wit's end and he doesn't know where to turn and he doesn't know what to do. And he said, you know, I know a place where God showed his glory before. I know a place where God spoke before. Oh, hallelujah. If I can get back to that cave. I'm going to get some answers. 
I'm going to get some direction. I'm going to hear from God if I can go back to the place where I know God has spoken before. If I can get back to the place where I know God has talked before. Oh, God, help me. I'm trying my best not to get ahead of myself tonight. I know a place. I know a place where the glory of God has fallen. I know a place where the voice of God has spoken. And in the midst of my depression, and in the midst of my discouragement, and in the midst of my despair, if I can get to that place where God spoke before, I believe he'll talk to me again. I'm not getting anywhere wandering in this wilderness by myself. I got to find where God is and let him talk to me again. Oh, I feel this so strong tonight. I'm doing my best to just lay it out before I tell you where I'm really going. If I can just get to that cave where God showed Moses that part of his glory past, where God talked to Moses, if I can find that cave, I believe I'll hear from God. I believe I'll hear from God. I'll get some answers. So he went to the cave. And yet when he got to the cave, The word of the Lord came to him. Go back to verse 9. He and got to the cave. Read. And he came thither unto a cave. Unto the cave. Lodged there. He lodged there. And behold, the word of the Lord came unto him. God spoke to him. And he said unto him. And God said to Elijah. What doest thou here, Elijah? What are you doing here? Now, this, this word lodged, I looked that up in the original as well. And it, it literally means to pass the night. Elijah went into that cave and went to sleep. He just bedded down in that cave. I know God's going to speak. I know God's going to speak. So I'll just sleep till I hear from God. I'll just wait till I hear from God. And God did speak. But when God spoke, he asked Elijah a very pointed and poignant question. He said, what are you doing here? Elijah So Elijah answered, verse 10. And he said, He said, I have been very I've been jealous. Very jealous. For the Lord God of I've hosts. been working for the kingdom. I've been doing all this stuff. For the children of Israel have forsaken thy covenant. Nobody appreciates what I'm doing. Thrown down thine altar. Nobody even cares about the work that I put in. And slain thy prophets with the sword. Everybody's backsliding. Everybody's leaving the church. I even I and I'm the only one that's even trying to do what's right, God. Left, and they seek my life, and they want to kill me. Take it away. They all hate me. 
when I'm just trying to do what's right. They're all backslid. They all gave up on you. I'm the only one doing what's right. And they want to kill me for it. I'm, I'm just, I'm not making this up. This is what the Bible says. Now, now look. Verse 11, God, Elijah went through this whole pity party, feeling so sorry for himself. How bad his life is right now. How miserable things are for him right now. Nobody understands him. Nobody appreciates him. Nobody cares for him. Nobody else is even trying to do what's right but me. They just want to kill me. And God doesn't address any of that. Instead, God gives him instructions. Verse 11 and 12. And he said, go forth. God said, go forth. And stand upon the mount before the Lord. Lord. I want you to step out of that cave. And I want you to stand on this mountain out in the open. And I want you just to watch and learn, Elijah. I hope you're not bailing out on me. I... Lord, I feel this. I feel this. I feel. I know this is not my typical style of preaching, but I feel this tonight. You just go stand out there in the open, Elijah. I'm going to give you an object lesson. I'm going to teach you something, boy. Behold, the Lord passed by. And the great and strong wind. Great and strong wind. Rent the, mountain. rent the mountains. Breaking pieces of the rocks before the Lord. Now I'm telling you, when that wind's strong enough to break rock, that's a strong wind. But, but the Lord was not in the wind. God wasn't in it. Elijah didn't find what he's looking for with the strong wind. And after the wind. And after the wind. An earthquake. An earthquake came. But the Lord was not in the earthquake. But Elijah didn't get his answer out of the earthquake either. And after the earthquake. After the earthquake. A fire. A fire. The Lord was not in the fire. But God wasn't in that fire either. And after the fire. And after the fire. A still small voice. A still small voice. In fact, some translations say a whispering voice. Just soft, quiet. The voice spoke. But when it spoke, Elijah knew this is what I came for. This is what I've been waiting on. This is what I've been looking for. He knew. And so what did he do? Let's read on. What did he do? And it was so... So when Elijah heard when he it, heard that, that he wrapped, he wrapped his, face his face in the mantle. And went out, he went out and stood in the entering, stood in, the entering in, in of, of that cave. cave. And behold, there came and a voice. And voice spoke. And, said, and what did the voice say? What doest thou here? What are you doing here, Elijah? What are you doing here? Same question. God asked him once. And you know, Elijah, he just didn't get it. 
Because he gave God the exact same answer the second time. Now look, if God asks you a question a second time, he's obviously looking for a different answer. But Elijah gave God the same answer. Read. And he said, I have been very jealous. He said, I've been very jealous. Of the Lord God of hosts. Yeah. Because the children, children of Israel have forsaken thy covenant. your covenant. Thrown down thine altar. Thrown down your altar. Slain, thy prophets, slain your prophets with the sword. And I, even I, even I only am left. And they seek my life I guess you didn't hear me, God. My whole life's a disaster. It's not even worth living. It's not worth trying anymore. They're all a bunch of hypocrites. Oh, I'm preaching tonight. And I'm the only one that's even trying to do right and nobody even sees it. They just find fault with what I'm doing and want to destroy me. And so God spoke again. And I want to show you what God says. And the Lord said unto him, The Lord said to him, Go, return, go, return on thy way return to the wilderness. On your way to Damascus. And when thou comest, when you come, anoint Hazael. I got a job for you to do, Elijah. Be king over Syria. I'm not finished with you, Elijah. Oh God, I'm trying. I'm trying not to get ahead of myself. God said, Elijah, I got something more for you to do. Get down there and you anoint Haziel to be king over Syria. And Jehu, the and son of Nimshi. When you're done with that, I want you to go anoint Jehu, the son of Nimshi. Shalt thou anoint to be king, to be over, king Israel. over Israel. And Elisha, the, and son, Elisha, of the son of Shaphat. Of Abel Meholah. Yeah, wherever that is. Shalt thou anoint, anoint him to be room. prophet in thy room. There's still work for you to do, Elijah. I've still got something to do in your life. Now listen, Elijah's sitting here feeling sorry for himself. Elijah says, Elijah said, just go ahead and kill me. God, I'm done. There's no sense in trying. And God said, I've still got purpose for you, Elijah. I've still got some things that I'm waiting on you to accomplish. Why don't you get your eyes off of your problem and get them back on the reason that I put you in this office in the first place? Oh, God help me tonight. I feel like preaching to somebody. I'll get to you in a minute, so hang on tight. Elijah, you're so focused on your problems, you don't even realize there's a whole world turning and you're not involved. You've checked out. You're not in any way connected anymore. I've got a purpose for you. I've got a job that's got to be done. Get your eyes off your problems and get them back on the reason I brought you into the kingdom. Hallelujah, Lord. Hallelujah. Read. And it shall come to pass. Come to pass. That him that escapeth that the sword of Hazael. Hazael. Shall Jehu slay. slay. And him that escapeth the sword of Jehu. Shall Elisha slay. Listen, Elijah. You're ready to give up. You're ready to throw in the towel. You're ready to quit. 
because you don't think you're hearing my voice. You, you think everything revolves around you and your problem. But I want to tell you, there's a whole lot of victories that have not yet been won. Now you can sit there and feel sorry for yourself from now till you die. Or you can get your eyes on the kingdom and understand we got a job to do. There's still victories out there we got to accomplish. Oh, God, help me tonight. You're so consumed with how bad things are. You're so consumed with how everybody's treating you that you're not even thinking about what's going on in the kingdom of God. And I want to tell you, the kingdom of God's not going down, Elijah. We still got victories to win. We still got enemies to slay. And they shall be slain. And if one misses some, I'm going to raise somebody else up. But Elijah, you hear me? We're going to get rid of every enemy. We're going to slay every devil. We're going to take care of every situation. We're not done, Elijah. But you got to get your eyes off of your problem and get them back on the kingdom of God. And then I like this. I like this. So God says, I'm not done with you. I still got things for you to do. And furthermore, when you're gone, there's more men I'm going to raise up. I'm not finished yet, Elijah. Why don't you quit feeling sorry for yourself and understand what you're supposed to be doing? It's not about you, Elijah. Well, I'm hitting some big stumps. I'm telling you what God talked to me about all day long today. God's been talking to me. Elijah, get your eyes off your problem. Quit worrying about all that. And you just worry about what I ask you to do. And you do that. I've proven over and over and over. I'll take care of you. You just do what I ask you to do. And then it seems God's about to walk away from this meeting at the cave. Now this is just the way I envision it, all right? And the presence of God's about to leave and God stops and he turns around and he says, oh, by the way, verse 18 Yet I have left me 7,000 in Israel, all the knees which have not bowed unto Baal, and every mouth which hath not kissed him. Oh, by the way, Elijah, you think you're the only one living for me. I want you to know there's 7,000 out there. You're not alone. You want to talk about how everybody else is backsliding, 
how everybody else has given in, how everybody else has gotten carnal. You want to talk about that? But let me tell you something, Elijah. I still got some people that are standing for what's right. I still got some people that love this message. I still got some people that are going to do what I ask them to do. And you're only one among 7,000. It's not near as bleak as you want to believe it is. All right, all right, all right. I've kept you long enough. I've kept you long enough. So let me get to it tonight. Hallelujah. I'm going to tell you, there's just some things that I feel like God is wanting to tell somebody here tonight. Look, if I'm right, if I'm right, then Elijah... Elijah made up his mind. I got to get to Horeb because that's where I know God has spoken before and he'll speak again. And so he went. But listen to me. When he got there, when he got there, God said, what are you doing here? Now, there's two different ways you can take that question. Depending on where you put the stress when you read the question. It could be, Elijah, what are you doing here? Why did you come to Horeb? I don't really think that's what God was saying. Because I think God knew full well why Elijah came to Horeb. I think God understood. Elijah believed this was a place God had spoken before and he'd speak again. So I don't think that's the way God's asking the question. I think the stress should not be on the location. What are you doing here? I think the stress ought to be on the action. What are you doing He knew where God would speak. Oh, I feel like preaching right now. He knew where the voice of God could be heard. But when he got there, he just laid down and went to sleep. I don't find where Elijah was praying. I don't find where Elijah was saying, God, would you please talk to me? I don't find where Elijah was trying to seek the face of God. I don't find where Elijah got out an instrument and started singing and worshiping and praising and trying to get the attention of God. In his mind, he knew the place where God would speak. But when he got there, he didn't treat it right. So he just lay down and went to sleep. Oh, I feel like preaching. I'm going to tell you, listen to me. I'm, I'm talking to somebody. To our guests tonight, I'm glad that you're here. Just stop your ears. I'm preaching to our church tonight. But God's been working on me all day long. I'm going to tell you, some of you are in the throes of discouragement. You are in the throes of a spiritual battle. And you're wondering why in this world you're not getting the answers that you want. But I've got a word from God for you. You know where to come to get it. But when you get here, you checked out. You're not worshiping. You're not seeking God. You're not doing anything. You're just waiting. Maybe we'll have an earthquake tonight. Maybe we'll have a strong wind tonight. Maybe we'll have a fire tonight. 
could it be, Brother Hilton, could it be that for those 40 days that Elijah was out there wandering, that still small voice was trying to give him direction. That still small voice was trying to get through, but he's waiting on the earthquake, and he's waiting on the wind, and he's waiting on the fire, and God said, let me show you something, son. That's not always the way I talk to you. You need to get yourself up out of that bed and understand I've got a voice you need to listen to. And if you'll listen to that voice, I'll give you purpose again. I'll give you a reason to go on again if you'll listen to the voice. Yeah, listen to me. I'm not trying to make light and I'm not trying, amen, to be mean and ugly tonight, but I'm concerned about some of you. I know you're battling. I know you're in the battle of your life, but when you come to church, you're not seeking God. You're not putting yourself into it. You're waiting on God to shake this house so you can get a word. And God's got a word. What are you doing? Here, in the place where I showed my glory, in the place where I gave my covenant, in the place where the bush was burning, in the place where the glory cloud descended. What are you doing here? You know what Elijah's doing? He's sleeping or he's complaining about everybody else. They're all hypocrites. They're all hypocrites. They're not living for God. I've seen them. They're up there on that platform. I know what they're really like. Oh, I'm preaching tonight. I am ever more preaching tonight. And you got your eyes on everybody else. And you got your eyes on your problem. And you hadn't yet got your eyes on the one that's got the answer. You walked in this house tonight, nonchalant, laid back, uncaring, unconcerned, saying, God, you got to shake me. God, you got to get a hold of me. God, you got to do something. I'm about to lose it, God. And yet the singing's going forth. And we're singing, let me tell you who Jesus is. And we're feeling the glory of God. And my wife's running the aisles. And Brother Hilton's running the aisles. And others are worshiping. And some of you are just sitting there. No, no, I'm, I'm in bad shape. I'm, I need God to talk to me. I need God to speak to me. Listen to me, honey. If you'll get in here and seek him, he will talk to you. But if you're just going to lay in the cave, all God has to say to you is, what are you doing here? Come on. Do you really want an answer? Do you really want direction? Do you really want to hear from God? Do you really want purpose once again? Do you really want joy once again? You've come to the place. Oh, let's praise God for just a minute. I'm not done. Let's praise God for a moment. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. I love you, Jesus.
Do you understand where you are tonight? Do you understand? This is the place where the glory cloud descends. God's house is where he meets with us. How many times can you remember? Can you think back tonight to how many times you've been in despair and you got the word you needed from God? Can you think back to how many times your life has been in shambles and God just picked up the pieces and put it all together? I want to tell you, God hadn't changed. He still loves you as much as he's ever loved you. He still cares about your situation as much as he's ever cared about your situation. The problem is you've come to the mount of God and you're waiting on the earthquake and the strong wind and the fire and you're ignoring the voice. God's waiting on you to seek after him to get your eyes off your problem my reader is praying I'm going to let him keep praying I've got another scripture I, I want to read to you I didn't even put this one in my notes but Hebrews chapter 12 talking about that very place Hebrews you didn't have to stop brother I I could have read it, but Hebrews chapter 12, talking about the very place where Elijah ended up going. In Hebrews 12, starting with verse 18. For ye are not come unto the mount that might be touched and that burned with fire, nor unto blackness and darkness and tempest. Yeah, read. And the sound of a trumpet uh-huh. and the voice of word, uh-huh. which voice they had heard entreated that the word should not be spoken to them anymore. For they, could, for they could not endure that which was commanded. And if so much as a beast touched the mountain, it shall be stoned or thrust through with a dart. Yeah. And so terrible, so terrible was, the, was sight. the sight that Moses, Moses said, said, I exceedingly fear and now, quake. Now, now, now the apostle said, that's that mountain. That's that mountain where Elijah went. That's that mountain where Moses was. But let me tell you where you are tonight. You're not at that physical mountain. But let me tell you where you are. Verse 22. But you are come, but you are come to, Mount Zion, to Mount Zion. And to the city, the city of, of the living God. The heavenly, the heavenly Jerusalem. And an innumerable company of angels. While you sit here tonight. Not really giving it your best. All around. This house is packed tonight. Oh, I know some of you see empty seats. It's a holiday weekend. Some of you, that's all you're focused on. But I'm going to tell you, those seats are not as empty as you think they are. And I'm going to tell you, these aisles are full tonight because the Bible said that in the city of the living God, in the heavenly Jerusalem, there is an innumerable company of angels. What's that I just heard, Brother Hilton? What did I just hear? I think I heard Oh God, I think I heard the brush of angels' wings. I think I felt a breeze as one of them fluttered by. And here I sat, so worried about my problems and my situation. And there's angels, there's angels. I can reach out and touch one right now. 
They've come. They've come with bread. They've come with water. They've come to serve the people of God. They've come to meet the needs of God's children. But we're not focused on any of that. We're focused on our problems. We're focused on our troubles. We're focused on other people. Oh, God, forgive me. God, forgive me. God, forgive me for walking carelessly into your house. You don't have to send an earthquake. You don't have to send a fire. You don't have to send a strong wind, God. I hear a voice. I hear a voice tonight. What are you doing here? What are you doing? How are you spending your time in God's house? Are you making the most of this opportunity? Hundreds of thousands, yea millions, yea billions would give anything to feel what we felt in the beginning of this service tonight. But some of you sit there focused on all the things that you're frustrated about, all the things you're aggravated about, all the people, amen, that you don't like anymore or that you think don't like you. And instead, amen, of getting something from God, you're going to walk out of here in the same situation that you walked in with. It's not going to be any different. It's not going to be fixed because you're laying down in the mouth of the cave where God's glory was revealed. Come on. I'm telling you, it's not as bad as you think it is. You go ahead and listen to a few backsliders and let them convince you that everything's going downhill. I'm here to tell you, Jesus said, I'm going to build my church on a rock and the gates of hell are not going to prevail against it. The church is not going down. God is still here. There's an innumerable company of angels. They're on this platform. They're all around these instruments. They're around this pulpit tonight. There's angels. There's angels. There's angels. Food, water, everything you need refreshment strength everything you desire they got it but you gotta quit feeling sorry for yourself there's still a job to be done there's still a work to be accomplished there's still things that the kingdom of God has need of. There are still victories to be won. There are battles to be fought. 
There are enemies to be slain. God's got a word for you tonight. Get your eyes off your problem. Get them back on the kingdom and get to work. Get to work. Get to work. Get busy. Do something for God. Do something for the kingdom. Sister Becca, come. I got to close tonight. I'm not mad at anybody tonight. But I feel like God is speaking to some people. God's trying to help you. Do you remember the joy you used to have? Do you remember how you loved worshiping? Do you remember what it was like when you got lost in the spirit? The devil's distracted you. He's pulled your eyes off of that. He's got you focused on all that's bad. And he's got you convinced it's even worse than it really is. And God's saying, I got 7,000 that haven't bowed their knee to Baal. It's not that bad. Come on, saints. Come on, 